Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the No Really Everything's Fine podcast, the podcast by proposal managers for proposal managers, where the flaming dumpster is always a wonderful place to be. Today we are joined by a expert in the topic of personal branding. Unika Walcott is going to tell us all about how personal branding and proposal management relates to each other. But before that, I'd like to tell you where we are broadcasting from today, and that is the bottom of Unika's cap's unscooped litter box. Thank you to Twitch, which is the cat's name. He's adorable. I've seen him. Uh, thanks to Twitch for your contribution to our podcast today, and we're so glad to, to be sharing in the environment that you so often occupy. My name is Catherine Bennett. I am the co-founder of Proposal Industry Experts, which is a great community for you to learn about proposal industry uh, topics and management principles. I have about 15 years of experience in the industry. I'm so glad to join you on this podcast today. Let me kick it over to my co-hosts and we'll tell you a little bit about ourselves. Nora? Sure. Yeah. So my name is Nora Fox. I'm out here John Wicking RFPs this week. Uh, I have five years of experience in uh, working in the proposal industry. Um, I am APMP certified, Shipley trained, and right now I am a senior RFP strategist working for, uh, I believe it's the 17th largest global employer, um, you know, working in their healthcare vertical. So. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. My name is Nicole Robinson, aka the RFP queen. I have 16 years of experience within proposal management and currently work for a cybersecurity firm based out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Global headquarters located in Kansas City, Missouri. Go Chiefs. And I'm also the founder of Proposal Managers Planner, an organizational tool designed and developed with a proposal manager in mind. Hi, I'm Unika Walcott. I am obsessed with personal branding and love tinkering with all kinds of different ideas. I have been in the AEC industry since 2014. I've made proposals ranging from 10 grand to a billion dollars, and it's definitely a huge. <laughs> um, so glad to be here, guys. Thank you. Awesome. We we keep seeing you. One of my favorite posts, Unika, that I have seen of yours online recently is where you showed your complete portfolio of your media representation. Uh, the times that you've been in the newspaper, the times that you've been, um, you know, featured in a variety of these of public public venues, right? Can you tell us a little bit about how you were able to use principles uh, that got you in front of the cameras to get you where you are today in proposals? Well, I think one of the, the big things was using kind of camera presentation principles and proposal principles is like people oftentimes are looking for why. And so it's one thing to show up and, and look good. It's another to be able to have something to say when they put you on the screen. And so the same kind of applies to proposals like, yes, you can respond to this RFP or submission, but unless you explain why you're the best solution for the client and not why you're the best in the market or have all these fancy awards, nobody cares. It's, always about what can we do for other people so when you get on camera it's about how do i deliver these messages in a fashion that are going to allow people to excel and do better themselves and so i think that that's one of the big things that, that i've learned about being like on camera and kind of put on the spot it's hey you know what are your thoughts about this thing so then it's not sell me it's how do i serve and you've been doing um career conversations that. for a fair amount of time uh, Unika, this is, I think, how maybe how we even met was through, anyway, how, how we got to hang out on your podcast and your broadcast, which is called Career Conversations. So can you tell us a little bit more about that as well? And again, just like 
kind of like how this personal branding element has worked in your own life. Okay, so with current conversations, I literally stopped myself mid like cancellation of an idea. I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to do that because I always have all these great ideas. And sometimes I'm like, let me pursue them. Other times I'm like panic because I've got 20 things going on all the time. And so I said, okay, here's the commitment I'm going to offer myself. I'm going to just do three episodes. If I if I hate it, you know, I'll quit. If I'm ambivalent, I'll do 10. So I was ambivalent. I did 10 episodes. Here we are two years later and 50 episodes in. I love it. And I'm actually in the process of considering rebranding the show. So that'll be some news that'll that'll come out in the, in the next few weeks. Uh, of course, my husband sit down with me this last week and say, let's put a timeline to this idea that I've been tap dancing around and 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 make moves. So I'm really excited to see what happens next. But like with career conversations, the idea really kind of stemmed from a, a difficult place in my own career journey of like, you know, having all the internships, all the good grades, all the things your parents told you you're supposed to do to be able to earn a positive, you know, career opportunity. And I found myself graduating, delaying graduation because of the last recession and graduating to, you know, having, you know, magna cum laude, you know, excellent grades, five internships. I'd gone to a career fair and I handed my resume to one gentleman and he said, how long do you six months to start your own company? So finding a job for 13 bucks an hour in the mortgage industry of all places, which was kind of the dumpster fire that, that started the last recession. So it was like deeply ironic <laughs> to be there and make, like, I make 13 bucks an hour doing this. And that was the best I could find. I'd even reached out to companies that internship, had internships for, for in previous years. And they offered me 10 bucks an hour, 35 hours a week, no benefits. And I was like, I can't drive 45 minutes to work for $10 an hour with no benefits for 35 hours a week. My mom is not paying my rent. My dad is not paying my car note. All of these bills got to get paid. So for me, I when I created Career Conversations, I realized one of the biggest barriers that I had in my own career journey was my network. And so for me, Career Conversations is a space where people get to have access to a network of people who are willing to be mentors, willing to be sponsors if they develop those kinds of relationships. And industries as broad as being people who talk to politicians, real estate agents, AEC marketing professionals, higher education professionals. So just a wide variety of people. Like I didn't set limits, you know, of, you know, you have to have a college degree or no college degree. Like none of that is important in our journey. Truly, it's about making sure that we find the right people to give us access to operating our gifts. And so that, that is where my focus was. And for me, it was such a gift and a joy to like celebrate people on their journeys, talk to Founders of, you know, hair companies and, and nail polish companies, you know, hair product companies and nail polish companies. Some of these are, you know, industries where, you know, specifically African-Americans spend billions of dollars a year. But representation is less than three or four percent mm-hmm. at any level. And and that's out of the, one of uh, the McKinsey reports in June last year. And so for me, it's like it's the opportunity to have an impact that is not limited to, to AEC as much as I like love AEC. And it's important and dear to my heart. For us to you know have safe spaces to operate in, to have equitable access to water, to have you know buses and roadways, all those things in place. It's also just important for people to be able to 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 shake up other industries. And so for me, equity is not just limited to the built environment. So that that's where career conversations comes in for me. Um, it's kind of like a highly hard- relatable. <laughs> well, well, highly relatable. Highly relatable. Yeah, heartfelt project for me. Like, it, it has brought me so much joy. Like I've walked away from conversations like feeling as if God whispered to me, I apologize for anybody's not a face, but that's just how I kind of see it. Like whatever I'm challenged with or working through, 
somebody has given me their own story, their own challenges. And I'm going, wow, like, were you in my head? Did you hear my prayers last night? Like, it has just been an insane journey of like opening possibility up for me. And so if you check out uniquewalkout.com where I post all the information for career conversations, you will find, you know, I say, you know, it's about discovering the possibilities. And one of the goals of the show is for people to like really have access to seeing the possibilities for themselves. But also for me, one of the reasons I'm pivoting is because I want to also invite people to see what my possibilities look like in my own journey, because I feel like it is one thing for me to showcase people, but I also don't know that I share enough about myself. Mm. And, and I think that, that that's an important part of the journey. So my thinking is I've got 50 episodes. I don't imagine anybody who watched all 50 episodes is to kind of really build or sort of, showcase around those and keep those going. They're not going to go away, but also to build the next phase is why people kind of, for lack of better words, catch up. I heard so many good nuggets in that. Yes. Nora and Nicole, do you mind if yeah. I pitch over, if I pitch over a couple questions to you about how you think about these things as well? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, because, because what I heard from Eureka is, is this concept of like building multidisciplinary networks of folks and becoming better at what we do by bringing in influences from other from other disciplines or from other ways of doing work. Nora and Nicole, like, do, do you think that plays a role in the way that you develop your own networks or the way you develop your own brands? For me, absolutely. I also graduated college with a degree that no one really wanted uh, during the last recession. And I couldn't find a job. I mean, my options, LinkedIn didn't exist back then, which is like so weird to say because I don't feel like I'm that old, but I am... <laughs> in internet years right um like elder millennial here right um internet years so i i mean all the jobs in my degree which was an art-based degree dried up and i was competing with people who had i don't know 20 years of industry experience for super industry level or entry-level positions so i often tell people my, my resume looks like uh someone tap danced across a career map because i have weird niche experience from nonprofit to, you know, pharma, to uh, technology. Like, it's just wherever I could get a job is kind of where I started, right? And I started with a temp agency. Because like you, Unika, <laughs> no one was paying my bills, okay? <laughs> and as a matter of fact, like, I was helping people out myself. So, you know, I needed, I just needed something. And that's kind of, and it took me a long time to kind of pivot my career. And perhaps and I know you've pivoted a couple times. Nicole, I know you've pivoted a couple times. I feel like that's such a common theme for people in our age group. Um, and so, you know, for me, I hated that personal branding question. And that's really why I was excited to talk to you today because who go, what's your personal brand? And I'm like, I don't know, hot mess. Like, for so long, I was like, but now I've, I've, and I think it's that creative side of me that I think that we all four of us actually share is I've figured out how to spin that sort of hot mess career into a bunch of niche skill sets that are really, really desirable in the proposal industry. So my question to you, Yumika, is for people like me who are like, I don't know what my personal brand is, right? Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I for so long, is there a simple formula or something that you can suggest on how people can kind of create their personal brand? Because I kind of have one, but I still feel like I kind of don't have that. First thing I'm going to suggest, I think a lot of people try to create their personal brand map around their career and their job title. One of my core principles of career conversations is you are not your job title, number one. And so when I tell people to kind of walk through this process, like I have a master class that teaches on my personal brand, 
uh, start with, hey, talk to me about what you see yourself as good at. What do your friends see you're good at? Like, what are the things that are important to you? What makes your heart sing and brings you joy? Like, that's the first step we're taking. Then we're weaving through kind of like step two and going, okay, so like, how does this translate into skills? And what what is it that you can actually do in this master class, you know, in, this, in the master class of, you know, operational skills? It doesn't have to necessarily be, okay, work-related. Sometimes it's volunteer-related and those sort of things. I tell people all the time, like, you know, when it comes to giving, giving is not necessarily your change of money. It's not always necessarily free. So the same way you got to leave the network and, and supporting and like offering people space, that's, that's really how you create the brand. And so for me, it's about like clarifying core, core values and operating from the space of core values. Like it, it's not a, I'm a, you know, personal branding expert. I was like, cause next week I'll be an expert or something else if I decide. Like the world's moving so fast. Like you really can build yourself and reinvent yourself 10 times over. In fact, I think the reality is we're looking at careers that are going to span closer to 40 years now. Most average adults are going to change careers three times. We need to really think about ourselves much more, you know, differently than, than maybe our parents or grandparents view themselves. Like, we're not going to, you know, go get a job, spend 30 years, retire and get a Rolex and a pension. Like, that That world no longer exists. And so right. when it comes to personal, you know, personal brain, it seems to me more of, a tool to help you get to the next step, whether your next step is to be a consultant or to move up the ladder or put another company where there's more opportunity. It is about establishing those networks. In fact, my personal brand has been a tool that has helped me get the next job a few times. A lot of people called, said, hey, I, I was able to keep up with you because of your LinkedIn post. I, we got an opening at this place and we think you'd be incredible in this role. Let's talk about it. And, mm-hmm. and it's been just that informal. It's been, the resume is a, is a formality because people understand who I am as a person. Or I think about like moderating sessions. I moderated a, a CEO panel for, for another organization in 2020, I believe it was. And I feel like because of who I am and who my personal, you know, what personal brand, personal brand represents, excuse me, I did not have to ask certain questions. People brought the conversation about diversity, equity, and inclusion to the table. And so that's what you're really doing. A personal brand is about establishing your presence. But also, I think one of the best things I learned, like being an intern back in the day, is that you don't necessarily owe people every ounce of yourself on the internet or in these personal streets. Like you don't have to be, you know, telling all, all things to all people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to be out here telling all your business. Find out what boundaries are comfortable for you. One of the things I talk about in my class is like, let's build a, a ring of relationships. Who are in the most outer ring? Those people that you kind of maybe see and wave to at the supermarket and you might know the name because you read their name tag. Who are the people maybe in that second layer that you know, you're on a first name basis, you might say hey and shake hands. And who are the people you hug and who are the people you showing up to their wedding and their funeral? Like, define those very clearly and figure out what parts of yourself you're comfortable sharing with people. Like, you don't have to, to, to tell people what you ate for breakfast to have a personal brain. Can I just tell you, when you said you are not your job, the as part of those kids who were personally victimized by the, quote, gifted and talented classes, like, I just that kid just sat up and clutched her pearls. <laughs> I feel like you just called me to the carpet and slammed me on the mat right now. Well, I don't like to slam anybody, but I'm going to tell you, like, I'm telling you that and I'm telling other people that because I was also that kid. I was the kid who came home in second grade and her mother said, why did you get to be in history? Mind you, everything else was an A. Yes. And, and she wanted me to explain myself, but I'm literally like in, in therapy <clears throat> processing that stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's real. Like it it makes things so much more difficult when you're 
wrapped in perfectionism and this idea that you are not good enough or enough. And so that's a lot of the reason, like I bring people who, you know, said, Hey, you know, I'm a recruiter at Google, but I don't have a bachelor's degree. I went to school and I quit. Great. I want people to know about school because I need people to understand that success is not a linear journey. And it is not about perfection and checking all the boxes that prescribe to you. In fact, it's so dangerous and so toxic that I felt like I felt when I finished and ended up in the mortgage industry. I was like, what did I do wrong? I did everything right. And this isn't the first time I had that feeling. The first time it happened, I finished high school. My mother got remarried and, and divorced, or not even divorced, they split like in a span of like less than a year. So I ended up like, instead of going off to Hampton University to study my undergrad year, staying home and getting a job at Kohl's. And I also gotten fired at my second job that summer, like over the fall. It was just a bad year. And so when you, you know have that sense of I've done everything right and everything everyone's supposed to and I failed, it's like, first off, Let's just point out systematic issues. That's a factor. So the other reality is, like, one size does not fit all. Like, my name is unique, but all of us are unique human beings and individuals. And so our process is not going to look the same. And so career conversations is an invitation for people to understand your process does not look the same. I have so much. I'm like, I'm just kind of like, girl, if you... If you want to keep talking, <laughs> and I you're going to do I want to engage with you, but I said, don't let me run my mouth too much. Please talk to me. <laughs> Is it offering to me? Because I am really ready to drop in my offering right now. That's like so many, like I relate to literally everything that you said, including what Nora said about like trying to figure it out once you're just out of school, you did all the things right. Do you know how many times in my life I've had the conversation with myself, like, but I did it all right. I did it all right. It took me years after university to get into my career. The gracious thing is that, um, like, I have a degree in marketing and a diploma in marketing. So my whole background is business. So I ended up in business in an aspect. So that, that training, very useful. Being um, trained to think like a marketer and to think how to sell, direct to consumer, direct to business, very useful. But was this the goal? No, no, it was not. <laughs> and I had to come to terms. I was chasing because for me, I had two very clear paths for myself that I defined like when I was very young, like entertainment, business, two paths. I was like, I had learned how to produce, edit, host, create film and television when I was in high school. And I had that, I had that training for the entire four years. When I came out, let me, let me give you some tea. I was voted most likely to be famous when I graduated high school. Oh my God. You are kind of famous. We do have a Your proposal industry famous at least. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to take that. I'm proposal industry famous. Yes. Um, and that obviously it didn't, that didn't mean anything to me, but I thought, oh my God, that's really funny and that's really cute. But I had this very clear path in my head. I would go into business in, in marketing for, I don't even know, however many years. And then I would transition and I would be doing creative things. And I chased that creative desire for years. Like I went back to school um, to learn how to produce after I was producing a, a talk show locally, went back to school for that. And you know, I've written scripts, I've entered contests, uh, script writing contests, screenwriting contests, all of these different things. And I literally, it wasn't until I was like, I stopped and said, Nicole, what's working? I just asked, what's working? Not what do I love doing? What What is working? 
And I was like, okay, well, the answer in not so direct terms was proposal management. This thing has sat itself on my shoulder, dug its little claws into my <laughs> into my back, and was like, we in this. Like, we're doing this. We go together. Gotcha. <laughs> and isn't it amazing that we all chased perfection in credentials, right? And we oh, ended up sure. in a career path where you don't actually, you can't get a degree. Like, is that not wild? And I tell you, having that conversation with myself about what was working and what I should try to lean into, let me tell you the terror. The terror that I experienced making that choice. And I will tell you, it was a simple one. And it was literally like, somebody is looking for speakers in this area. Do I have something valid to say? And once I decided that I had something to say, because up until that point, if anyone had ever said to me, I want you to talk to this, <laughs> the ether, <laughs> about proposal management, I would have been like, oh, no, <laughs> you're cute. That was funny. That was so funny. I'm going to walk away now. <laughs> and I would never, I would never have considered it because I was very, very focused. I was like, producing i just want to produce i want to make that's it but i couldn't correlate like i couldn't correlate rp proposal management to making until i asked what was working and then all of the connections between the two disciplines started to unfold themselves and reveal themselves to me and i was like oh my gosh i have been making I have been making this entire time. And so, and then for me, and then that was it. So once I kind of had that conversation, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to apply to be the speaker. Oh God, you actually said yes. Oh, wait, so I got to show up and talk to people. I know that feeling. Oh my God, it's so worse. Like, seriously, you like wake up at 3 a.m. Like, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? <laughs> what did I do? But I... From that, I never looked back. And it really has had a massive impact on just how I show up in a space, especially if I'm talking about proposal management. The craziest thing is when people are like, oh my gosh, you make this subject so fun, so entertaining. I love it. People who are not in this space. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it's always boggles my mind. It's not sexy. What's one of my favorite things about the fact that we put this podcast together? There are people I know that are not in proposals that listen to this and they go, you guys are just fun to listen to. <laughs> That's it. Like, I just, I download it because mm -hmm. I like listening. And, you know, even though I don't know everything, you know, it's explained in such a way that it's, it's digestible, right? They want to hear yeah. more. So I think that's, yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, and let me just say for everybody else who's on this call, uh, Nora, Nicole, and Yudika, I have personally watched your brands develop. Like I've had the privilege of getting to see this happen. We've all done this together over maybe the last three or four years. It feels like we're really, each of us is really finding our voice and really leaning into that. You know, Nora, you've got kind of this like no nonsense, very practical, but you know, uh, uh, execute, execute the plan. Nicole, with your, uh, Proposal. Yeah, yeah, for real. Like Norris, Norris is get it done. And you're in your own nonsense. You make it happen. Nicole with your, with your proposal manager's planner, which really captures so much of your personal brand. And it, 
has so much of you in it with you know with the little details of even how it ships and then unica with your with your conversations and with your all your own voice also rising to the surface coming to all these podcasts doing all these things i think that that it takes a lot of time and takes a lot of small incremental steps for us to reach where we all are today which i would say is probably far advanced from you know where we started in the industry but, right. but but I mean, would you all agree that that you know you can't build a personal brand overnight? It has to be something that you really like spend time meditating on and and like deciding how you're going to be, and then also being a little bit brave to go out there and be yourself. So brave, so and really knowing. I heard someone recently say, "I'll finish that sentence because I straight up be doing that all the time." Really knowing who you are as a person. That was what I was going to say. Decided to cut myself off. Know who you are. And also, I heard someone say recently, a lot of us are out here creating vision for ourselves, vision, right? Uh, we have vision boards. I have one. Like if I turn my camera, it's on my wall. I see it every single day. And my vision board be visioning. The amount of things that actually have actually come to play since I created that board is wild. Um, but they said vision can change. And I was like, oh, oh, well, 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 damn. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it can. And so it was like, so instead of trying to create vision, create value. There are certain, if you have a value system, that won't change. So like if you value quality time, then you're going to create a life that allows you to have quality time. If you value um, teaching and sharing and service, then you're going to create a life that reflects teaching and sharing and service. And I thought to myself, yeah, that's it. That's, that's it right there. Value system create value. But in order to do that, you have to know who you are. You, you got it. You got to unpack all the things. And that's why I said, it's, and sometimes that starts making a hard choice. I know for me it did. And I will say that one mm -hmm. thing I think we all share in spades and Unika, I know I don't know you, but I already love you. Um, and I just feel this from your vibe is that um, I think we all share that trait of self-awareness in spades, like maybe too much self-awareness <laughs> where we're maybe constantly questioning like, like, did I do the right thing? Didn't I do the right, you know, that kind of a thing where you want to just, you're, you almost are like overly sensitive to how you're perceived by other people and maybe the impact that you have on them negatively or positively. It's exhausting sometimes. Like I really, really <clears throat> called somebody this week and I said, look, I wanted to make friends with you and we've gotten off to the wrong start. I think that I've mishandled you and I'd like an opportunity for us to, to start over. That's very cool. Because That's amazing. What was the outcome? Yeah, what well, she was like, "Yeah, let's talk next week." I'm like, "Good." <laughs> so it, it's going good, but like that—that self-awareness that it can be like a, a labor sometimes. Of like you said, overthinking stuff. So that's where I feel like it comes in and kind of having like a personal, personal board of directors and a professional board of directors. One of my mentors said this to me years ago. He said, "You need a, a professional board of directors. The person you, three people at least that you can call and like weigh in that are going to tell you like it is." on like what the next steps look like and how you got here and ask really good questions. And, I, and I've taken that and adopted it to my own, own personal life. That I, There's a certain group of people I call when I have different experiences to get their perspective. And my husband's obviously one of those people, but sometimes I call my mom or, you know, depending on what it is, which girlfriend gets the phone call. Um, <laughs> but I think it's super important to like sometimes step out of your own head and, and be able to ask other people, well, hey, how else did you see this? I mean, because someone said something to me just even today and he said, well, had it occurred to you that maybe they had a predetermined notion about what you were creating in their mind. And so they didn't hear what you said. And so that, I never thought about that because, in fact, it was related to the AI panel that we've got coming up. 
And, and they were like asking me, well, who's on the panel? And I was like, I thought hard about this panel and the combination. And I know for some people it's going to seem weird. It's like, but it was intentional. And so when she, so when I told someone who was on the panel and the makeup of like their backgrounds, they said to me, well, well, why didn't you get an AI expert? And I was like, I literally have a gentleman who's got a PhD in data science who has a machine learning and AI, um, like community that he's created. And so I was like that, that you know, I brought this to my husband. So I'm so bothered. I said, did I miss something here? So I thought exactly yeah. about putting this together. He said, it had just thought, you know, had it occurred to you that maybe she had made it up in her mind that maybe you hadn't considered that factor if she wanted to share it with you. I said, I didn't think about that. And so really her intention was to be helpful. And so mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. way they were able to not take it personally and, and to hear like the fact that it was coming from a, a place of caring and not a place mm-hmm. of you did it wrong as someone who's like, you know, recovering perfectionist. Right. I, Which we all are, I think. And you, and you never recover. Mm-hmm. The disease of perfection is always with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I-N-G on purpose. Recovering. <laughs> we need to have Unika back to talk about, um, to talk about yeah. workplace, workplace trauma, maybe. <laughs> Lord. Because that's what I'm hearing is the, the underlying theme. I got all, all the tea. Them. All the tea, honey. Like, I got PTSD, <laughs> got the tea. Yeah, no, no, legitimately, I think we all do. Um, and yeah, I think that's something that's like, diagnosed. Like, yay. <laughs> same, 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 same. Oh, Lord. All right, friends, we are, we are at the bottom of the hour and it has been a very illuminating, what a, what a lovely, natural and fun conversation we've had today. Here's what I'm taking away from this. Uh, number one, I love this concept of being able to see the possibilities for yourself and not mm. limiting yourself to things that you've imagined um, from the, the past and clearing yeah. away like what Nicole describes with your vision board and, and creating those, those, those set of core values. Second is the fact that your vision doesn't have to revolve around specific activities. It should revolve around what you care about, which is what you need to And again, are both emphasizing. Um, and then the last, the last piece I really loved was this, this thought about what is working and leaning into that a little bit more. So as soon as you start seeing that traction in your personal brand, lean into that and start being mm-hmm. authentic. So anything yeah. else that I missed here, friends? You know it. Yes, you got it. Absolutely. Okay. Unika, if folks, this is why she does this, this, guys. This is why she does this. This is why she does this. Can I just say that Catherine is hands down the best moderator oh, I've you. ever encountered in my professional career? Like, no, seriously. KB, so, KB kills it every single time. The, yeah. the, the key is writing down notes as you go through. Like, in your in your planner. It, well, oh, unfortunately, mine's packed away, so I can't, but it will it will be it will the active the active listening the active listening and really and then also re- reiterating back. So we're, I'm just gonna give you flowers. You gonna take them? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, oh, goodness, Katie, you really you really are able to extract the most important details. You hear exactly what there's what anyone who's speaking is saying, and you communicate it back like spot on, bullseye, dead every time, every time. Like, no, yeah. well, maybe that's a part of my personal brand. So I, I think, think yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yes. There we go. There we go. There we go. Okay, Unique. If folks want to get a hold of you, how do they do so? Well, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty open about that as long as we don't get stalker on me. <laughs> so be cool. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Okay. <laughs> and uniquewalkhot.com. So first name, last name.com. Excellent. And we'll put that all in the show notes as well if anybody if anybody else uh, wants to get a hold of you and learn more about personal branding or about uh about 
proposal management or any other interesting topic, Unika is truly a renaissance professional with all this knowledge about uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and, and becoming somebody who I, I personally consider to be a part of my professional board of directors. All right. So thank you for your time today. Uh, here at the Know Really Everything's Fine podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, any place that you'd like to download and listen to podcasts, we are there. Next time on the Flaming Dumpster, who, do, do we know who's up next? I don't even remember. We have some exciting... <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. I should have prepared you, but okay. At any rate, it doesn't matter. We have some exciting new conversations coming up in season two that will be continued here, here in the Flaming Dumpster, where again... Uh, we had a great time in the litter box today, which was just a really unusual, unusual location for us as well. So uh, sign on, listen, join us on LinkedIn at the No Really Everything's Fine uh, page over there so you can stay in touch. And uh, we also encourage you to be a part of the Proposal Industry Experts community over at ProposalIndustryExperts.com where you can get your uh, top and high, high quality proposal management education uh, right delivered to your phone. All right. That was a that was a long way of saying goodbye, but we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye, y'all.